This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. All right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Welcome to another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247. I am Rod Babers hanging out with my man Matt Butler. Jeff Howe has got to tend to some family business, some personal business, so Jeff's not going to be here today. But, of course, uh, we are following my man Jeff Howe. He's uh, actually doing work from home, too. So <laughs> you want to keep up with Jeff? Busy man. Yeah, he's a busy man. You want to do it at Jeff Howe 247. Okay. We got a lot to get into on the show because college football chaos, we are actually amidst it right now. We are in the middle of it. Uh, for those who don't know, we'll get you caught up with what happened just quickly. Over the last 72 hours or so, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did officially announce that they are postponing the college football season. Um, hopefully, if we're trying to be optimistic, hopefully until the spring I think they could still end up canceling their fall schedule altogether, fall sports altogether. Um, in that time, the SEC and the ACC have remained steadfast that they believe they can have college football season or that they can continue to pursue college football season at this time. Obviously, both the SEC and the ACC have stated that could change. Of course, if the uh, the science changes or if their medical advisory board tells them something different. Uh, that left the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 was the one swing vote, if you will, on the fence. They, the Big 12 was undecided for a while, but uh, we did hear that the Big 12 over uh, the last 24 hours or so did decide that they are going to continue to pursue football season just as the ACC and the SEC would. And now – we even have a schedule. So this thing is moving rapidly mm -hmm. right now at the time, Matt. It's moving real, real fast. Yeah, Domino's coming down. And, you know, there are just so many questions, first off, because, you know, you're thinking first about your team. How, is your team playing? How is your team going to play? Who are they going to play? How is it going to play out? And then if you're thinking, well, what's the end goal here? Because you've always wanted to play for championships, but you only have certain amount of teams or a couple conferences. And if the other conferences are playing at different time, it really puts the question in the mind, you know, because 
that you had this playoff committee. We already know for football, NCAA doesn't even give out a championship or care about any of that. They've just always sort of taken care of profiting on the other stuff on the side and get their normal thing in. Like, they're doing nothing Crickets. Yes. Well, because they have no enforcement. That is amazing. They they have decided to do nothing. Because they know that they don't have any weight. And this has sort of shown that the conferences really could, if they want to, just detach from all any prior system that we know of. It's true, but even setting the – they are in charge of the rules, enforcing the rules, yeah. and actually coming up with the rules. And If you right want now, to let them have that – now you have, Yeah, but now you have issues with uh, scholarship issues, eligibility yep. issues, what are the seniors going to do, all mm-hmm. these – these logistical problems that are coming up that are arising as a result of these decisions. The same ones and we saw with spring sports when exactly. this first happened. And right now they still have nothing to say about it so no, far. And yeah. I mean, when you look it's at amazing. that, that's another big question to go for those other ones. But if you're a school like Texas, you know, like Big 12 championship really matters. Right now you got your schedule. That's cool. There's been a lot of teams wanting to get involved with the Big 12. We heard the rumors about Nebraska and Iowa. Because you think about schools like that, that really are more of like your small score. They fit sort of like the SEC culture or the Big 12. It's a lot more like Lubbock or a lot more like College Station when you're talking about going to Lincoln or going to Ames. You aren't talking about your higher learning institutions like Wisconsin. So like there's that severed tie. These teams, could they align some type of rogue playing each other the way I mean you had independence forever but the second that in Notre Dame got detached or in this odd situation yeah. like hey somebody pick us up so it's just so crazy to just see how this is basically going to be like a pickup season that we have some teams going a lot of kids wanting to play and still so many more questions but we know that there's going to be Texas football still and at least for Texas fans you'll get a couple games we're looking like about 10 right now we just don't know exactly the date for the non-conference game yeah then uh the Nebraska thing is not going to happen in the Big 12 because the no. Big 12 is already coming out with its schedule. Nebraska, they were reportedly one of the two teams in the Big 10, uh, or two presidents, I should say, in the Big 10. It was Iowa and Nebraska who voted against uh, postponing the season. They wanted to continue uh, the at least to pursue the season so Nebraska, that means the entire establishment, the president, the athletic director, and Scott Frost, who went <laughs> publicly out yeah. uh, via media, media availability and said, we want to play, and essentially by any means necessary, we will play. Mm-hmm. If we have to go play outside of this conference, we'll do it. And right now I think they're looking for different options, and I don't know if the Big 12 is going to be an option for them. Greg Sankey also said it was unrealistic for the SEC. Uh, the ACC is only going to do what the SEC does. So I, they're not going to get in with any of these power conferences. So I don't know what a Nebraska would try to do for the Ohio States and the Michigans of the world and the Penn States of the world where the coaches want to play and the athletic director may want to play. They're just SOL because their presidents actually voted to postpone the season. Because Nebraska's different. Yeah, Nebraska is different because Nebraska's presidents actually agree with the coaches. Once It's all about what these presidents want. And as you pointed out, the presidents are taking their cues from the medical advisory boards that's the key. And everybody's medical advisory board says something different. Yeah. The medical advisory board for the SEC says that they're, they're, they're good to go. 
The ACC's medical advisory board, Cameron Wolf is the chair, said, oh, no, we're, we're good to go going forward. There are some risks, but we've put protocols in place, and we have guidelines we're following, and they've been successful. The Pac-12's doctors on their medical advisory board told them they must cease and desist immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Big Ten's medical advisory board told them uh, long-term ramifications, long-term issues you should be concerned about, which may bring up class action lawsuits and liability down the line. Mm-hmm. That's when the lawyers come into play. So it's the doctors and the lawyers. That's why you go to school for a really long time so you can uh, make make these kind of decisions and get paid a lot of money to do it. But those are the guys who are – I think those are the schools. And I know the Big 12 – uh, those are the conferences and the schools who are being told by their medical advisors that you are good to go. We've seen some schools individually shut down on their own. But yeah. Those have been independents. Yes, and you pointed out the idea that the doctors in the conferences are aligning with what their own doctors are saying. And in these situations, you know, with litigation's the big part, and I really think it's worth pointing out, and it's only based on the evidence that has been given to us over the last, like, two years of the Big Ten, or let's say last decade. But you've had a lot of those schools get in a lot of trouble and have a lot of things that come down upon them due to litigation and just horrid crimes that happened that were things that were harbored by these institutions. So I think that their lawyers are looking at this a lot more seriously than other ones because they've actually, Michigan State, Penn Penn State, State. Ohio State, I mean, even down to stuff like Illinois for mistreatment of players and, like, you had a handful all the way across the board, Rutgers at one point. Like, there's been so many. So I think that conference, that sort of could be a reason why that – they're also a little bit more fearful of the situation because you haven't seen nearly as much stuff like that happen in these other institutions. And, you know, SEC, Big 12, this is a football country, and it runs everything. You did have stuff happen here in, like, say, Baylor, but, like, that didn't ever come down upon Baylor. It really was Mm -hmm. displaced out to the people and sort of blamed on them, and and rightfully so. So just an odd situation to be in and trying to figure it out. And, I mean, if you're in those institutions, if you're a Big Ten school or you're a Pac-12 school and, like, you got your USC and your Michigan, it'd be so crazy looking at this and seeing, you know, like, that you have other areas and other regions. And, I mean, this is just going to make the conferences power and the conferences battles so much more because you're going to have envied areas for this season. And if you end up not playing, there's going to be some personal heartaches from certain teams just because you're emotionally tied. It's your life, it's your team's life, it's your family's life, and maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. That's everybody's opinion on which way to go, but either way, there's going to be people left out, and that's going to cause heartache, and that's going to cause action and people wanting different things to be changed. Yeah, college football will never be the same after this. There's no doubt about it. There's just going to be too much change that happens uh, and the void of leadership is being exposed by the COVID-19 virus, too. I, w- I want to get back to something you said, because there's so many layers to this story. We'll try to get to yeah, as many of them as we layers. can, and then we'll get to the Texas uh, angle of things as well. You just brought up that, you know, you started talking about um, all the litigation and that being a big reason, and the Big Ten mm-hmm. having, you know, the Larry Nasser case and, you know, the Jerry Sandusky case and yep. all these different things that have come up and that as a conference they've had to address, which has made them really, really hypersensitive and really, really yep. aware of litigation and legality. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's the framework that they – the prism, yep. right, that they see things through. And I'll add on to that because I think you're totally right, by the way, and I think it's a great point. 
I'll add on to that. This is why I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten moved quickly. First of all, there's a, I know there's some academic elitism. Yeah. Both the Pac-12 Northwestern's like, no, and, y'all and crazy. The Big Ten. Yes, that's what Vanderbilt that. was the outspoken one in the SEC for a long time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but I'll, I'll say this: I think also think about the was it the We Are United mm-hmm. and the Big Ten United movements by the players who are who want more players' rights and player safety protocols, all of these things, which are, you know, the beginning of some type of organization. And obviously the NCAA has always opposed that, and it's their biggest fear. That hasn't happened in the SEC, the Mm -hmm. ACC, or the Big 12. We haven't had the players make a statement in a united Mm -hmm. cause in one voice and and get together and organize. Texas was the oddity when Texas did something similar. So I think if you're you're the Big 10, to add to your point, and Matt Hayes points this out, and I think it's a really, I think it's something that people are missing, but. I think there's so many different layers that there's the pandemic and player safety to worry about, of course. Uh, Then, you know, I mean, there's so many different avenues uh, that, you know, you have to address and that you can go down here. But he says a power five, a power five AD texted him and said, you and your colleagues are chasing the wrong story. The virus alone is enough to stop the season. But presidents are terrified of players organizing. It's the paradigm shift (laughs) to change amateur sports forever. You potentially lose one season with the virus. You lose the entire framework of your mission statement with players organizing. They need time to figure out how to attack it. Mm-hmm. And that's all. So if you're the, you've already been. We saw Trevor Lawrence out there. Right. That's yeah. Already Trevor, happening. Trevor, but that's we want to play. Yeah. So. They, but they, that's yeah, uniting you know I mean? in theory. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's it is, showing it is, the power. Yes, it is showing that there can be some organ. They may not organization it to it. Yeah. That's why I always said the biggest threat in the in the Colin Kaepernick thing wasn't necessarily that mm-hmm. the split, The fan base was split politically and 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 from a ideological per, uh, perspective, it was that. Colin Kaepernick showed the owners and freaked them out that the players could unite around a cause. Mm-hmm. And you can get all the players to unite around a cause. The biggest issue with the Players Association in the NFL, there's all they're always split. Hell, Joe Montana crossed the picket line, for yeah. God's sakes. They're always split. And that's why you can never get that many players to agree, at least the majority of them. So as long as they say split, they're easy to beat, and the owners beat them every time in the CBA. The one thing that freaked them out was, man, what if Colin Kaepernick starts uniting them around these, po- these political social justice causes – and then they start seeing eye to eye on yeah. collective bargaining dude, issues, and what they what start seeing eye to eye on how we approach the owners. Dude, those owners are freaked out. They're like Colin Kaepernick. That's partly why. Also, yeah, he represents a lot, but he represented the biggest. I think the biggest threat to the owners, and it, it ain't about the it ain't about the you know the anthem and the protests and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. For them, I think a lot of it was about this guy. Potentially could organ help organize the players, period, yep. and across all political, socioeconomic, cultural, ethnic divides. That's dangerous. We need them divided. That that's how we conquer them. Yes, and what you just <laughs> said and what Kaepernick did. This is something I had no clue about until I listened to the Sterling Files. It was this past summer, but back what around. Remember uh, Donald Sterling, the Clippers. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they did a thirty for thirty audio podcast. Ramona Shelburne, because she's been in L.A. her whole life yeah. and has known the Sterlings and had the great ends. So she did a six part. 
entire podcast talking about that situation. What you said just happened. The NBA, when the Sterling tapes came out that day, Chris Paul and the Clippers, the NBA, they were not going to play. They was right in the middle of the Trayvon Martin thing. They mm-hmm. were going to come out. Totally, we're going to boycott the NBA playoffs. The opening tip weren't going to be out there. It yeah. was going to be done. But <laughs> at that time, Adam Silver was newly crowned. It was just uh, the brand new guy. Yeah. And Adam Silver went over and talked and got into these locker rooms and these guys aligned with Adam Silver and understood that no we're going to work on this and y'all can go out there and get your message out across wear the all black shirts like they did that day but I had no clue it wasn't public but because Chris Paul's the president of the Players Association now he felt powerful enough to tell Ramona this last offseason and be like no I already talked to LeBron they weren't going to come out everybody was staying in there was going to be no NBA playoffs. We we're going to protest it right here until Sterling was out, and that's why that went so fast. Wow! And they out ousted them. Dude, I've them. never heard that. Yes, it's in an audio podcast is, with Sh- Shelburne. Crazy. Yeah, so it's. I mean, what you said is, but wow. like at that time, that's what Kaepernick did, and the NFL wasn't ready for it. It caused the schism. The players in college are trying to do it now. It's also yeah. why the NBA has got to the forefront of this was because five years ago they hit that behind closed doors, mm. but as good grown men that respected one another and understood the situation, he was actually a good forward-thinking guy. And Adam's like, no, this league's nothing without the players. My number one man that taught me I was the protege of Adam of da- da- uh, David Stern. I always call him Daniel Stern, the guy from, <laughs> from Home Alone with <laughs> yeah. Pesci. And I always call him that, and he couldn't be more different than the little tiny man. But, yes, yeah, so that situation was spot on, and that could be that tipping point that either yep. you can align with them or the players can realize they have the power and we can get our voice heard and do what we need to do. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And I think – so I think you, you started down that rabbit hole, and I totally agree with you. I think that – there are much larger uh, macro issues that I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are coming from, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, potential long-term issues and the long-term fallout from the COVID-19. Because what's happening with the NCAA and with college football right now is they have they have they have gone a long time without addressing some of the the core issues that they need to 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 really keep the sport healthy and to keep it growing in a in a really positive way, right? That we know that a lot of the athletic budgets are overblow overbloated and mm-hmm. over reliant on football. We know that we've known that for years, right? Coaches' salaries, the athletic departments, and now mm-hmm. the athletic departments, which depend on football, yeah, a lot of them hold. I mean, almost I was saying ninety seventy to ninety percent of their budget probably comes from football. Yeah, um, pays for everything. And you're not gonna have football now. You gotta figure out how to solve that problem. You're gonna have some athletic, de- athletic departments that are just devastated. Yeah, like I mean, decimated. I don't say some of them I never recover. And so, and people are sort of wondering, well, what do you mean? Ones. Well, and exactly. But when we say those things, and you're totally right. But when we say those things, you sort of don't notice because us in our viewer prism, we just see the players play on TV. And that's it. But what we're talking about is the infrastructure, all the oh, yeah. admin people, the day-to-day people, day-to-day. the things that are affected. All the other sports. Because Every they you sport. still now you're going to have maybe coaches take pay cuts and things like that, but they aren't going to be axing those guys because they're the most important ones, and they still have to pay those high salaries because of the way that the structure's built and the contracts that are there. So what's unfortunate is that the ways that it's going to totally, and when you said the word decimate, it's totally true. It's going to decimate those smaller sports 
sports and then the infrastructure within the athletic program is going to come a lot more bare bones. It's going to look a lot more like it was, say, 20, 30 years ago. Yep. And that's also basically going to only split the haves and have-nots even more so. And it's what COVID's doing to society. And if you have, you have, and you're getting even more. And if you don't, you don't, and it's even harder to get it. And that's where you're going to be in these college programs to where, like, if we talk about D1, there might just be a P5, and that's it. You know, like that next no, level it may mean. literally yeah. not even exist in other sports. Now, football, it will, but, like, you're going to have to – I mean, when you saw schools like Stanford trimming 11 Olympic sports and things like that, and, like, Stanford had a reason, like, most sports or most colleges use the sports as their marketing arm. They don't spend money on anything yeah. to market their school. It's there's their no, product no and their players are the ones. For, yeah, and when you're somebody like Stanford – you actually have the academia mm-hmm. prestige, so and and actually you have an academia side that has a high weight. So in those type of schools, you're going to see even more sports cut because that's just how it's going to naturally flow for, like, say, the Northwesterns or the Vanderbilts and things along those lines mm-hmm. because they actually do allocate the funds to that other side. So whenever it really sucks because it will affect some of those Power Five ones, but the next degree, your Texas States and below, those are the ones that are going to be yeah, really hurt. No doubt. Um, and the players' rights and the unionization and or I mean you could the the nas- I think the um kind of the national movement for name image and likeness is going to help that but that's something the NCAA just refused to address and now the players they want more rights and they're demanding it mm-hmm. they're starting to unite for that cause uh, the incompetent corrupt leadership of the NCAA needs to be addressed that's why you're starting to see the separation where conferences are just doing what the hell they want Mm -hmm. they're not waiting for a cue from uh, any leadership because there is no leadership (laughs) and there is no NCAA says they're a leadership but they're not Uh, and then of course the antiquated amateurism model which uh, because football is what it is it's a revenue driving sport in a multi-billion dollar sports industrial complex they should have long decided, all right, you know what? We need to make football its own thing. Mm-hmm. College football might need to be in its own category, and there may need to be special rules for college football um, as opposed to other sports. I mean, just mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's the case for college basketball too, but to lump it in with everything else, that's an antiquated level of amateurism, Yes, um, not accounting for the billions of dollars now that you're dealing with too. So it's now all of that's come my, – my point is all of that now – is coming to the forefront. COVID starting mm-hmm. to expose all that, all at one time, and that's why you're starting to see kind of massive changes all across college football. And I think it'll never be the same after this. The players will demand a a place at the table now, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out, the separation between the have and have nots will become so stark mm-hmm. and obvious. And I think it'll happen with with. With the quickness, I think it'll happen yep. relatively and, fast. And I mean, it makes me really think about also the way that you set up, just if we're talking on the football end in this season, you know. <laughs> What's the end goal? Is there going to be a national champion? Like, we haven't even heard from the idea of a college football playoff committee. Like, yeah. is there, in theory, if you're going to play in the spring, are we going to have to have the guys practicing and honing up and Texas is eligible or Oklahoma is eligible at 12-0 and 0 for winning the – or at 10-0 and 0 for winning the Big 12? And then May, we could have a college football playoff. How bizarre that would be, but it would actually be Good. cool. But, like, it would be really weird if you played a whole – our whole season and then you have just – six months to let the other guys finish a season to finish up on the other side. Is the playoff committee just going to be like, all right, 
there's going to be nothing, but you aren't going to do that because the, the whole reason they're playing is for the TV money and for the TV deals. Like yeah. ESPN, and then, I mean, if we're going to get these colleges the money that they need to go and fund all the other programs below, these football teams have to play. And that was the big breaking point when the rumors were that Nebraska and Iowa wanted to come to the Big 12 since the Big 12 was talking about playing and they wanted to play. It was like, mm-hmm. no, well, if y'all do that, we're suing you and we're the Big 10 because we have you locked in with ESPN and you're TV rights in your school, you cannot do that because you're tied to us. Yeah. And those type of situations that come in. So with a team in, in other rogue areas, they have their own rights. Like the TV is huge. The TV, TV is, is why now, it's we got the NBA on and it's yeah. why baseball expanded their playoffs to let Aiden. They didn't do that because they're like, oh, we don't know, want to give unfair champion. No, no. They wanted to only double the amount of playoff games so they could get twice the amount of playoff money, which comes in at a higher rate than the normal ones. And it's understandable and people want it. So it only makes sense. It's just interesting to see. So if you're prize football, do you expand the playoff? The NBA has done it. Major League Baseball has done it. Do you do it just for the TV money and – Try to, I mean, really, That'd just the cool. airtime on the sports calendar. You might need to, because you're not going to have as many bowls. Yeah, because you don't. You I only mean, have if, what six conferences. That's what that I'm going to say. Right the now? tipping point on it is the, playing. Well, yeah, and two of your biggest ones with your biggest yeah. teams getting Team, in. And so you, 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 so you have you have college. I, I th- theoretically, you have college football airtime that needs to be filled. Yes, right, because Big Ten NFL wants to fill it. NFL, NFL will take will that airtime all day long football, on Saturday. You can't let them do that. No. So if you're the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the SEC, is there any way? I don't know how the contracts work. You can you can almost maybe you don't need to pitch yourselves. Maybe the networks will come to you and say, yeah. "All right, listen, we usually have Big Ten on here, but we want more SEC, yeah. or more Big Twelve, oh, or yeah. more ACC this well, year." Well, and because you have your yeah. Tier One. In tier, tier two, two and yeah. tier three. Well, now there's a lot more openings on tier one because yeah. of those other time spots. So that exactly. would actually just give right? more money to the schools that are playing, which makes it very interesting to see Ugh, why the Big Ten yeah. and the Big Twelve, I mean, uh, and the Pac-12, Pac-12 have decided to do it this way to push back. Because I mean, I can only commend them for actually caring about the student athletes and the health. It just surprises the hell out of me that they made this responsible decision instead of going the route of these other ones and it just shows who are these other conferences listening to or how different can these doctors opinions be because we're talking about so many million and you, i mean you see the same thing when you go to a trial and one doctor testifies that this thing happened and this doctor sees the same evidence and says right. this theory happens so like it just really and when I saw the amount of money that, that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 would be foregoing or postponing, leaving vulnerable to other things to capitalize upon, especially when we're going to have the NBA Finals going on in October in the heart of football season. Like, there's a lot of things going up yeah, at the same time. So it's going to be really crazy to see how they fill it all out. No, they the networks want sports content because what's happening in Hollywood in terms of new TV shows and new movies, they're running out. But that's why you're starting to see them save all mm-hmm. the new movies. They're trying to save them for the right time yeah. because they're running out because they can't film anything right now. Mm-hmm. They haven't filmed anything in like six, seven months. Yeah. Right? So they, the reality TV shows, the, uh, the the regular network TV shows, sitcoms, dramas, and movies, they can't film them because they can't get a lot of people together, especially in Cali. So it's 
it's been really crazy. So sports content has become even more coveted yep. from what I hear my my network TV friends, folks who are in the business. Like people want more sports content. They can't get enough of it. Like well, just, that's where your creatives yeah. out there that have things in the can. Like it was funny. I mean, you're a Tupac fan, and Tupac came out with like two full albums after his death, basically. <laughs> you know, like but you know that there's no, yeah, somebody right. out there. You can go find some of the stuff, but it's, you have to start some deep digging, I guess. On no that doubt. End. Um, okay, so obviously there's a lot of stuff in terms of the um, the fallout from the uh, the college football uh, chaos that is ensued right now. But we'll get to the Texas angle of things, and then we'll come back to talk. I mean, it'll lead to more college football discussion overall. But uh, the Big 12, of course, has decided that they want to play their medical advisory board, whoever they are. Yeah. Have and have we? Do we? Know I don't know. The, that's good. I'll, I'll Google it. No, no. Oh. That's one thing because I would like to know who these. These doctors yeah, are. I know Cameron Wolf, who's the doctor for the ACC. He's their chairman of their medical advisory board. Now I want to know how many doctors on the medical advisory board. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I, and honestly, I need. I need. Almost need doctor rankings. Like, how do yeah. I know? How do these doctors get these exactly. chairs? Are they? It, you know, what is it based on? Because the, you, I'm with you. If there was a leader of college football, say a college football commissioner, if I was a college football commissioner and the ACC and SEC's doctors are saying. We're good to go. It's you know we, we believe that our protocols will mitigate the risk. We're okay. And then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 doctors were saying, no, 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 you got to stop immediately. You better stop right now, yeah. right now. Well, can we wait a little while? No, no, you stop right now. You got to stop right now. I would have those doctors need to. I need the doctors to go talk to the other side. I need the advisory boards from the ACC and the SEC yes. to go talk to the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And I need the Pac-12's advisory board to go talk to the Big Ten in the SEC, and then I need to, and then we'll get together and see if anybody's changed their mind. Yeah, some independent entity right, in to here get away too. from the, the, you know, kind of the the bubble situation that you could end up under, right? And because I'm not, I'm with you. Of, of course, I trust doctors, and hell, you should always get a second opinion. <laughs> but it seems like to me, you can get a doctor to agree with whatever your you know, whatever whatever your predetermined thought is, whatever mm-hmm. your predetermined um, motive is, you can get a doctor to agree with it. You get it, you can get a doctor to agree that, oh, no, you can play college football as long as you do this, 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 and this. And there are also doctors that will tell you, nope, you cannot play college football at all. Yep, and I'm re- looking right here. Like, I'm Googling. I cannot find anything other than this just called medicine board. But then, like, while I <laughs> type board. in below it, here's an inside look at the Pac-12 Conference's Coronavirus Advisory Board. So Pac-12, quite transparent. I can read out all their names hmm. and their faces. Haven't seen it yet for the Big 12. It just reminds me, like, whenever there would be a coaching search and some, like, you, everybody knows who the big candidates are, but then some institution would pay millions of dollars yeah. to some corn, corn fairy. fairy. <laughs> it's like, and then you get this like, list of no names, and then you're like, four years later, it's like, my God, those were all horrible. Who are these people running this thing? Like, I remember it happening Sham in 2010, and then again in 2014. It did. And, like, you see that sometimes, and you wonder. But, yeah, I, I don't know if there's medical rankings or where they would come across for such things. But if I find it, I'll keep on looking around. No, I just think it's, you know, I mean, to me, it's really, really interesting that, it, I, we don't know who these doctors are, and yet they are on polar ends yes. of the spectrum when it comes to their advice about the COVID-19 virus. And I guess that's the country in a nutshell. Like that is, That's America in a nutshell right now. And look at it. It's no, it's no coincidence that the South— all right, the yeah, South has exactly. decided to play football, and yet the 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 North and the the West Coast has pretty much decided no, they're not going to play football. 
and they're waiting on middle America. They're waiting on the Big 12 to to be the tipping point or the swing vote, and essentially the Big 12 decided we're playing football. Well, I know the Pac-12's medical advisory board is led by general counsel Woody Dixon. It's a good name. This is the Big 12? No, that's the Pac-12. Okay. I can't find the Big 12 guy. But if we're going to try to find out who no, hurt, I'm just saying, who, that's at least a guy to go ask what are y'all seeing. Somebody, go I, ask I like, Woody. Exactly. I want a real journalist, a real journalist to say, you know what, I'm going to find out everybody's everybody on these medical advisory boards, and I'm going to look up their background and find out if they're even – you know, if they're even legitimate enough to be making these decisions. Yep. One of the uh, so it looks like one of the Pac-12s is a lady Stephanie Chu, who happens to be on the NCAA committee for competitive safeguards. And then you have the chair of the Pac-12 Brain Trauma Task Force. So like you that. have some very forward-thinking people on this Pac-12 advisory uh-huh. board. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're looking at some modern science there. there I wonder who we got down <laughs> in, uh, down in Alabama. MD told us that we <laughs> could have the season. One hundred. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, it looks like it's a long on either side. I want I want both sides to talk us. I want to know. I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten medical advisors are almost obligated to share their their science, their science with the other. It's conferences almost like a prosecution me. case. Like you right? have to yeah, divulge to the defense. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh you like, know, we have to I'm give like, this to you. I need to know what y'all what y'all yeah. know, man. In case we making the like wrong decision. Like these aren't your answers. You're hiding on a test or whatever. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, anyway, we'll get back to that. But uh, the Big Twelve released a. So they're they're in the process of, I should say, releasing. Little bits, little tidbits about the schedule. Bob Bowlesby is in the process of a media availability right now, uh, and more and more details are trickling out about the Big 12's now revamped schedule in the wake of just three Power 5 conferences deciding to pursue the college football season. But we do have the nine conference games and the schedule for Texas. And it starts off pretty hardcore. Uh, It starts off September 26th. At Lub Lubotics. As Chip Brown always says on Lubotics. Uh Texas Tech. At Texas Tech. Has a season ever started in Lubbock? I would There's bet not. No way. Yeah. No way. How, and unless, we're still assuming like the, the non-conference game will be September 12th. I don't know if that has been – this is an assumption. We yeah. don't know if that has been reported, uh, but I assume Just that's still going to be the case. Just a guess based on uh, you'd want a week off before your conference schedule, especially when your first three games are back-to-back weeks of at Tech. TCU, Oklahoma. And the Iowa State AD, Jamie Pollard. Now, this was before the eight, the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided that they weren't going to play football or they were going to postpone the football season. He, he sent a letter to his fans saying that their first game was going to be September 12th, a non-conference. And then I believe after that, man, it, I think it was Texas Tech yeah. uh, scheduled their game for September 12th. Makes sense. weekend. And so we think it's obviously we think it's going to be UTEP. That has not been finalized. That has not been officially announced by UT, but that's the assumption. But anyway, this, the conference schedule, September 26th at Texas Tech. That's where you start. Then you got TCU, the purple kryptonite. Yeah. Oklahoma, um, Baylor, Okie State, whole that, season, first five games. That, that's nervous. And then you got Oklahoma, and that's Oklahoma still remains on October 10th. 
Um, and we're assuming that's still going to be at the Cotton Bowl. As of now. As of now. I know there were rumors about them being malleable. and yeah. it, they, they aren't closed-minded to having it go play somewhere else. Nobody can be these days. Yes. Uh, then Baylor after that, uh, October 24th. And then you got at Oklahoma State <laughs> on Halloween. It's one of those front-loaded Ooh. schedules. It's an insanely Ooh. front-loaded schedule. Texas that's... could, I mean, if you start off 5-0, and you could go undefeated. But you could mm. also start off 0-5. At Tech and at Oklahoma, at Tech to open it up, it worries me a little. And at Oklahoma State, right after that stretch of TCU, I do like that you have. Uh, well, I can't say I like that. No, that TCU game is dangerous too. TCU is dangerous because TCU's got a ton of talent. Gary Patterson's a damn good coach, and they brought back the Sonny Cumbie Doug Meacham combination. They're both not calling plays. They're both not coordinators, but they're both back there together. That. That worries me a little bit. They might try to make Doug in their version of Trayvon Boykin. I don't know if he is, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to try to bring the spread around him. Yeah, and just, I mean, those first three really do look tough. It couldn't start off a harder schedule. It looks like basically your four easiest games are your last four games. So you see how you start out against Tech and Alan Bowman, I guess, and after that. And your season's going to be Bowman, decided quick. By the way, a healthy Bowman ain't no pushover. Oh, no, that's why I said his is, name. He just hasn't been He's healthy. He's really good. Yeah. He's a guy that, that, that I mean, that, that's why I think tech, at Tech, I mean, you could lose that opening game. I'm going to go look at the opening lines because since these just came out, I don't think there will be lines. But it's Okay, so at Tech, um, TCU versus Oklahoma, then Baylor at Oklahoma State, then you got West Virginia, then you're at Kansas. Uh, that's eleven twenty one. West Virginia is uh, November seventh, so you do got a bye week there. Um, November must be November fourteenth. You got your bye week, mm-hmm. and then the twenty first, you're at Kansas. Twenty eighth, Iowa State, and then you end the season December fifth at Kansas State at K State. Purple <laughs> Kryptonite in the winter. I mean, December fifth. We've won there how many times? Twice, Twice in the last twenty years. Yeah, because you won there. <laughs> we had never won there until Twice recently. In the last twenty years. So uh, yeah, that's not a play. So at Tech, at K State, and at Oklahoma. And then State. you get a buy after Oklahoma. Uh, you do get a buy after Oklahoma. Yeah, good point. I didn't mention that. Um, Bizer after Oklahoma and then between West Virginia and Kansas. But, yeah, basically, I mean, if you're a Texas fan, it's fun. You get to come right out the gate rolling. Hopefully you're healthy. And if so, you're going to find out a lot about the team because literally, like, three of your four toughest games are right out the gate possibly. So you basically – I'll divide the schedule up in the three – basically it's almost in the four, four parts now. You'll have the opening game because you'll have a bye week in between your – you know, non conference and whatever the when the conference schedule starts at and that's um September twenty sixth at tech. And then you have TCU, but then you have Oklahoma and then the bye week. So to me, the first that's the second part of the schedule. At tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor, bye week. Mm-hmm. That's your second stretch. Then you got at Oklahoma State, at West Virginia. I think that's your third stretch. Because then you get that bye week, uh, November 14th, and then you got the, the closing stretch at Kansas. Should be good there. Iowa State's going to be tough too late. Yep. I mean, that's, by by then, Iowa State's going to be a good team. You know, last year they had th- three games uh, where they lost by one, three one-score losses, and, hell, they should have beat Oklahoma last year. Uh, then you got at K-State in the Purple Kryptonite. And, by the way, Chris Kleiman, I think he's a hell of a coach, and they got a veteran quarterback coming back. 
That should have been a double-digit win team last year. We don't talk about that enough. Okay, State beat Oklahoma last year, and they had three losses by one score or less. So that that team is a as a dangerous team in K State too. Yeah, and when you look at the schedule, it, it does Iowa State, K State. Those are those two at the end that could be the ones that could really be the hiccup type games. But I like that out the gate. You're going to learn a lot about this team, and it does suck to have to play K State in the cold. I mean, that was going to be a game originally in September, right? And yeah, September 26 or whatever, and then now it's December 5th, and that's yeah, the one yeah. thing I was sort point. of surprised that they changed the schedule so much. But now I know that like there were the odd like Baylor played Kansas or something like September 9th. It was like an early mm-hmm. game or something in the schedule. So I knew there had to be some changing. I just really didn't expect. And now I had nothing to base it off of. Well, of course, we have nothing to base it off of. So expect the unexpected involving COVID. But you didn't expect it to all get thrown around, especially if you're the coaches. And then now it's like, all right, forget about K-State. We're game planning for them. They're going to be playing them maybe game one of the season. Now we're playing them at the end of the season. we yep. got to start working on tech. I totally agree. K-State's a team you want to play early. Always want to get K-State as early as you can. And, and I know that was just in the, the Snyder era, but, yeah, especially with the weather. But I think Chris Kleiman's one of those coaches, too, uh, that I think that team will be better at the end of the year. That Oklahoma State game right in the middle of the schedule at Oklahoma State on right there. Halloween. On Halloween. Man, yes. Halloween games on, suck. Oh, I mean, at Oklahoma State especially. Yeah, it, it, that's mm, the weekend. It, if people don't remember, I, it was November first. They, they, they was colors the day. Are Halloween colors. It seems They'll like on those the orange days, the black unis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's been one really good Halloween day for Texas fans, and that was a game against Nebraska back. I guess uh, probably '99 ish. But you had the Halloween weekend was whenever oh. you lost up in Lubbock, and then 2008. It was a November first game. It was the day after oh, Halloween. Halloween but weekend. it's that weekend has always Damn been it. a weird imprinted on my mind. And a road game on Halloween weekend, love against, it, uh, against what may be the most talented team in the Big 12 that, with the it, best running back, best wide receiver but potentially being in the a country. little bit underrated, that's exactly what 08 Tech was. 08 Tech was see. what you just said. 08 Tech was really good. Oh, yeah. Could have been as good of starting, no doubt. like front end, but weren't heavily respected. But on that crazy weekend, you're going to be going up there. So we'll see. And I mean, who even knows? I mean, it's something that we've been talking about throughout this whole process. And but we've been seeing how baseball. I mean, they've been dropping like flies. The Cardinals have played five games this season because yeah. there's been so many cases. The Marlins yeah. had their outbreak, and then the butterfly effect of well, one's the Tigers series one's the mm-hmm. Cubs series one's the Nationals and all that and they end up missing games and like no, when are. these college kids in this college situation happens I mean you you got the MLB which I would say out of all the mm-hmm. major sports is pretty pretty behind the times and irresponsible with a lot of the ways that they've been handling things no, you're right and the way that the infrastructure set up for college football is the, the exact same it's just going upon your life as if COVID didn't exist and just doing it all over and taking the possible, you know, whatever precautions you can. In this situation, though, not only is it not pro athletes, you got college kids that it's not even up to them to decide upon social distancing at times when you're talking about being going to college classes, if they're going to be doing that in some of these situations, you're going to find yourselves, even if being responsible, Mm -hmm. definitely going to be vulnerable because you're out there in society more so than any pro athlete. All you are Mm -hmm. is a normal person, but you're supposed to have this higher level of responsibility 
for your team and for everybody, and most of them do, but it's also a responsibility that isn't being compensated for and in one that's so tough. So I really don't expect all these games. Now, maybe all of Texas's games will, but I don't know what games. I know that there will be college football games canceled, and there will be teams that will have an outbreak, and then it's going to affect. And then what are you going to do then? Push. I mean, that that's what's going to happen. Makeup games. It's going to be like little league rainouts, and you're going to say, "All right, well, we'll make it up in the spring when the Big Ten or when the Pac-12 is playing." And that's something that at least the school like the Big Twelve can sort of deal with because they're trying to get it done before yep. the next wave, before the winter wave, and get it in. But if they don't, mm-hmm. they can still fall back on, well, canceled, but we'll push it back we'll and we'll be playing yeah. with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and then the college football committee could maybe tie it all together and say, hey, just like Omaha or just like the you know mm-hmm. NCAA tourney, We'll have our college football playoff here in Cinco de Mayo or something, you know, like figure it out what we're going to do. No, man, you're so right because (laughs) they're not in the bubble. Now, I think they have a better virtual bubble. I think it's a term they're using, a better virtual bubble than than Major League Baseball. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, right, because at least they're on campus, and I believe Texas, I think 65 60% of the the student population is going to go online and be remote, which is good. That means – There'll be less exposure. There's still kids on campus, yep. and you can't totally limit all the exposure. But, you know, to a certain extent you can. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I mean, you can just keep the guys – you can just keep um, really enforcing to them the guidelines and the protocols and what's at stake, guys, if you try to go yeah. answer a booty call on, on – on, I mean, on, <laughs> over on Riverside or you want to go <laughs> to funny. a little party because a little hottie told you she missed you and she wants to see you and you, see you face-to-face. And I know. Trust me. I know, guys. Oh, that I, would, I would hate to be I put know. in that position as a college <laughs> I kid. <laughs> I, you got the I, hormones I so raging. Yeah, exactly, right? She's, yeah, of course she looks good. She's sending you a little thirst <laughs> trap. She's sending you a little, you little sex pics and stuff. And oh, she's but like, what about this here. Wait, well, let me put it uh, in where we have this fictitious uh, it's hard, man. It's scenario in our mind. But then you have to your peer accountability. And what if you have your Casey Hampton coming in? He's like, no, Rod, you cannot go out. This I know. You're going to need that. And that's where that's where it's it. going to be interesting because, like, everybody recruits. And, you know, like, say Herman likes to recruit guys that are the Texas guys that fit, you know, the alignment with what they want and that they really are a family. And, like, oh, yeah. I mean, if you watch the NBA, like, there are certain teams, like the, the culture around a team like – the Miami Heat or what you see right now growing in Portland and mm-hmm. what the Spurs have had. There is certain teams and ecosystems oh, totally and agree. you know so much better than I do because y'all had a great one at your time with your group of kids at Texas. And this is going to be really big. If you're talking about who's going to win this football season, it may not really come down to who's the best players because there's going to be that cream of the crop that may get mm-hmm. just totally eliminated by no fault of anyone, not yep. theirs, just somebody outside factor. But if you have a group that really has that pure accountability, this drive for a championship that is, you know, more so stay in and just football nerd it out and do something like that. Or if, the, if you're career driven, like those things yep. are going to be amplified so much more in this one season because 
the goal will be just trying to get on the field. Yeah. And that's a situation that one rogue situation. Or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a player. Doesn't. You have one dumb admin guy or one dumb equipment coach. Equipment guy. Or, yeah, it could be anybody. Going around doing that's the one thing. thing. Realize it. it could be anybody. Yeah, exactly. And it could just be like you said. It could be the. It could be one percent. The bus 99% driver. Ninety-nine percent of everybody could be doing what they're, yep. they're supposed to do, and one guy decides, "Oh no, I'm going to go out to a poker game, yep. or I'm going to do something." Or like and they get the it. Miami, the Marlins. Yeah. It was like one night out in Atlanta, and then exactly. we saw in the NBA, in the MLB now, like whenever it was Plesek, uh, it, it was Dan Plesek's nephew. That's he right. let, went out, like you You're said, right. it sounded like to go out, maybe a booty call out. or something, and then now he's sent home. He has to drive home and I get self isolate. So I get it. If, it. if you're betting on these things, it's somehow if you can find an area of like which who who are the guys that like to not party and like to stay home and love football or yeah. career driven like those like those, uh, those like yeah. BY, if BYU's playing this year if Army is playing this year they're going to be even better than they've ever been those disciplined hardcore working guys that have families things along those lines those are weird things that you come into play in this situation it also worries me that I think it's something you since you're talking about baseball and they don't they have the virtual bubble and that bubble seems mm-hmm. to be bursting more and more by the day. Uh, the NBA's bubble works. Major League, uh, sorry, uh, NHL, their bubbles, the plural, uh, have been working. WNBA. Uh, SOC, MLS, WNBA. The bubble works. We know that. That's why Major League Baseball actually is considering a playoff bubble. Yeah. That's one of the things they're considering if they can at least get through the damn season. So I think on college campuses, college football coaches are going to try to replicate that as best they can. Mm-hmm. And But I'm also worried in baseball you've seen a ton of injuries, right? Yeah. Pitching injuries specifically. Mm-hmm. And pitchers to me, they're just they're thoroughbreds. They're taught to do one thing. And Specialization. Spe- exactly. And with that, there there's usually a routine. And with the offseason, there's a regimen. Thoroughbreds like, you know, there, there's a regimen to it. It's why the best basketball is ever being played right now in the bubble. Because they're yes. so regimented. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think for and that's it, I think for thoroughbreds specifically, when their schedule is thrown off, you can get an uptick in injuries. The NFL, yep. even that off season where they negotiated a new CBA in 2011, they had a 17, I think almost an 18 percent increase in injuries in 2011. Uh, there were 12 Achilles tears through the second preseason week in 2011. So it, Texas had a lot of soft tissue injuries as guys mm-hmm. have come back on campus, right? So they had like 10 soft tissue injuries. One thing you got it when you when you really obstruct the 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 regiment and the off season and the schedule for guys who've been their bodies have been in the same routine for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A spring football, <laughs> a, an off season this way, and then, a, you know, a rev up to training camp and this. And in your body, my body still to this day reacts around the time training camp hits. My body's yeah. kind of used to, I was doing it for 20 years. Well, my body's used why to Tom that. Brady was getting ran <laughs> off of fields when he showed up in Tampa because yeah, like, he's violating terms. Right. He's like, wait, what do you mean I can't do this? He's like, I'm this a football what I machine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Literally, I'm not Human. Yeah, and when those thoroughbreds, when it when they're thrown off, I, mm-hmm. you do get injuries that that end up uh, increasing. And I think, unfortunately, I'm knocking on wood for all of college football. You're going to get increased injuries. To your point, yep. you know, you're going to get a lot of teams that 
just may not be able to finish the season because of injuries, the COVID. They're going to be a lot of things. Jeff Trailer said our number one opponent this year is going to be the COVID virus. After that, then we got to start worrying about who our opponent is for that week. And he's so right about that. Yep, 100%. Because no you don't even know who you're going to have. And if it comes down to a Thursday and no COVID test, hell, we saw with DeAndre Ayton just missed his COVID test. Did you see this the other day? No. Oh, so, you know, the Suns were undefeated, right? Suns were undefeated and going, yeah. looking to get in. Two days ago, Monday, 11 a.m. start time, and starting lineup comes out, and DeAndre Ayton isn't in it. DeAndre Ayton isn't in the arena, and nobody knows where he's at. He missed his coronavirus testing. So he was away. Then it gets reported while the first quarter's going on that, I mean, I barely caught it in my daily fantasy lineups and just took him out because I was so heavy on him because the Suns are going off. He's kicking butt, doing great. So then he hurries, gets his test wherever he needs to get tested and is in route to the arena, gets to the arena by mid to late first quarter, hops on a stationary bike. You see him riding his bike off a over in the corner and then they put him in to start the second quarter wow. and he's out there for the second quarter and they beat Oklahoma so, City. He, he was in the bubble but he had just he was in not the, taken he his test. You have to take your test, test before daily you before you field. go and everything wow. and like every play and there was another player wow. at one point that missed his test That's so crazy. wasn't eligible because you've heard the ones lead the bubble but yeah look into the story from two days ago it was That's 11 a.m. it got buried because there were seven games and it was the earliest one and I was sitting there just because like half the daily fantasy That's world was crazy. just pissed because like you got a guy in there getting zero i go to cook some lunch real quick sit down in the second quarter and deandre ayton's on the court and i was like i thought he did that i was like what the hell and you see these memes are like forrest gump running straight to the arena but it's with deandre ayton's face you know that is really, fantastic yes. what a great story yeah and it, that means that NBA's rap it must be rapid, rapid testing. Oh yeah, no, like, I mean like they, the, it must be literally you got you have real to you time. get test yeah, the oh the results, yeah. That's what I'm saying, the results. They must I mean it must be rapid, rapid. Well, but it, also I don't know if maybe they were waiting on the results because it was you know, maybe he maybe missed he's he supposed to take it three hours to, earlier. That's something I would like to know too. I would like to know that you're around the university what their test results um, Where well, how quickly they from. get it back? What's the turnaround? Well, no, and you have to deal with the UT. false negatives because, yeah. like, Cameron Champion from the tour, uh, he actually yeah. had, had they re- revised their rules because he was a guy that tested positive. But then, if you get two back to back negatives, you're allowed on because there is an admitted, like, false yeah. positive 10 to 15 percent times on some of these. So, yeah, that's, that's a situation. What I about, yeah, yep, yeah, you have to fail because once two after you fail one, so I know that's a rule. Um, Okay, so, all right, so here we'll get into some more, obviously, uh, Big 12 discussion, but um, Jeff, my man Jeff Howe, he's uh, he's working from home, so some of his updates, I want to read them real quick before we get done here and wrap up. Uh, Bob Bosby says, when asked if the Big 12 will look at adding temporary members, he says, it's not in any of our plans at the present time, mm-hmm. so, which means, uh, yeah, that ain't happening. No. Uh, Bob Bosby's reaction. We put the schedule out, it's done. It can't be done. Um, when they asked him about his reaction, because he's having a, a media availability right now, they asked him about his reactions to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decisions to cancel the season. He said, quote, in the end, we all have to do what is best for our conferences. We're not all similarly situated. So <laughs> we're not all in the same situations. And geographically, he's right about that in right. certain areas. Uh, when they asked him about the college football playoff and teams playing in the spring, he said maybe 
playing in the spring, and I don't know. We have a college football playoff call next week to talk about this. There we go. It's going to be a while into the season before we decide that. So they <laughs> could be open to expanding the playoffs like you brought up. Yeah. And um, pushing it back till June. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bob Bowlesby, another quote says, frankly, we found what was golden 60 days ago is garbage today. We'll <laughs> certainly find ourselves dealing with bumpy spots going forward. There's no doubt but we feel we can deal with those. So he seems pretty positive going forward. Uh, also, the Texas non-conference game will be announced at a later date. So I don't know. Maybe they're trying to situ- They're trying to figure out something with UTEP's schedule. I haven't looked at their schedule and see what they have. Yeah. Maybe that's partly what the issue is there. So, but I'm assuming it's still going to be on September 12th, but that has not been yet finalized. All right, those are all the updates uh, as it stands right now. Uh, with uh, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bosby. But Texas does have a schedule. It is out. And, uh, man, it ain't going to be an easy schedule. (laughs) No. It's not a friendly schedule. We'll see what Texas is made of. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, But, Matt, thank you for everything you do, brother. I appreciate it all the time. Anytime, man. You too. Uh, Jeff Howe not here, but he is here in spirit, so we wish Jeff Howe and him um, and his family the best. Uh, Wishing well, but he'll be back on a later edition of Longhorn Blitz. I want to thank the folks here at ARN, the Austin Radio Network. I want to thank the folks at Horns247, and thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Longhorn Blitz. Everybody out there, be safe. Love you. Peace listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.